Hello, welcome to Meaningful Messages with Tamika Smith, your source of inspiration and empowerment. One day, I chose my faith over everything, over second guessing, doubt, hopeless hope in an abusive relationship to not only survive, but thrive. I chose to be better, not bitter. As a mother, author of several books, and an advocate of domestic violence, how I discovered my voice. I underestimated myself. My message resonated with many. From Huffington Post, Good Housekeeping, The Renewal Project, TV and radio appearances, this progressive, extroverted introvert decided to share meaningful messages with those looking for a purposeful life. Get ready to laugh, cry, and leave better than you came in. Welcome to Meaningful Messages. Hey guys, so on these next episodes of Meaningful Messages, I am going to do a series called my testimony. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my testimony. I'm actually going to be reading from my first book, Shattering the Glass House, so you can have a little insight of where I'm coming from. Attacked. When a person is attacked by the one they love, it is one that they could never forget. It is life altering. Damage is done beyond the surface, which can take years to recover from. The same person you love betrayed your trust and violated you. Once they stop, they may apologize, only to do it again. Some abusive relationships stop after the first attack. However, many keep going. I understand how one can sleep with the promise of hope of your loved one changing, so that you can be that ideal relationship and have that with your kids in the home and the picket fence. Not everything is picture perfect. In order to have a happy, healthy relationship, learn how some of my own encounters made me more aware of what love is and what it is not. Valentine's Day, 2006. It was my first job after relocating and moving in with him. There wasn't a lot of stores in this small country town, so I went to a dollar store to show my appreciation of his love. I got off a little early and decided to pick up a Valentine's Day gift. It was our first Valentine's Day together. Unbeknownst to me, it would be the first of something else. Immediately when I opened the door, he asked angrily, where was I at? No pleasantries, just anger all over his face. With the gift still in my hand, I told him I went to the store. It was like a knee-jerk reaction. He slapped me hard. The sound still replays. I remember crying uncontrollably. I had this, what am I doing? I pulled out the gifts. Happy Valentine's Day. It was such a beautiful day outside. It felt like my world was crushing in on me. How could someone that loved me do this to me? He said nonchalantly, you can go back to your mother's if you want. I won't do it again. I believed him with a tiny glimmer of hope. It was only the beginning of a broken record. Inventory. While the pressures of this relationship was getting stressful, my outlet was when I was away from him at work. 
the first job I picked up was an assignment doing inventory for a local uh, grocery store, different grocery stores. It required some out-of-state travel with the company vans, and it was a team of us. But of course, he didn't like the idea of me being out of his sight, and I would hear of it. He would always accuse me of having a work relationship with one of the guys I worked with. The fear immediately set in after Valentine's Day, that episode, and wasn't a sociable person while working. Although I was the naturally laid-back type, I just decided it was best for me to be that way, to prevent any trouble. One day, we were on an assignment close by my home. I was focused on scanning the cans and looked up. There he was, looking at me with intensity. Just so happened there was a guy working on the same aisle, but on the opposite side. He stuck around until it was time to leave for lunch. We walked over to the other side of the shopping center for lunch. The first topic of conversation was this other guy on the same aisle as me. Then the accusation started. I told him nothing was going on. I got attacked later that day. Soon after, I quit my job. Warehouse. Another job I was able to get quickly from quitting from the inventory job. This was some light manufacturing work on second shift. I liked the steady pace of the job. I started to develop friends with a couple females. It didn't take long before the accusations began again. One night, he popped up in my job alongside a co-worker of his. I didn't know this till later. I went back on the line early and heard a couple people say that it was dangerous for someone to try to come back to where we worked at. For some reason, now I know it was the Holy Spirit. It, it was my gut. I had a feeling it was him. And it was. Another night, I was picked up from work. It was very dark that night. Something didn't feel right. He usually picked me up, but for some reason, he decided to go on a different route. A route that was reclusive and scary. We started talking. He never looked directly at me. Then he started arguing. It was always about the same subject. He thought that I was cheating on him. Never the case, but always a thing. The car slowed down by some trees. He yelled, then punched me in the face. If you want to act like a hoe, I will treat you like one. In disbelief, I responded, what are you talking about? I didn't do anything at work. He demanded me to strip off my clothes. I was pushed out of the car. I felt so numb. I stood there trembling, crying, praying for this to stop. I pleaded with him to please stop. I told him, I love you. Why are you acting like this? That angered him more. I slowly took off my shirt. I stood there in the wee hours of the night somewhere in the country woods, gazing at the stars, asking myself if God even existed. He demanded that I get back in the car calmly. I couldn't believe that he was sexually aroused by the horrendous actions. By the time we got back home, I laid in the bed feeling numb. Allowed him to do whatever he wanted just so I can forget about the nightmare. I thought the abuse would stop over time. I thought having his kids would soften his heart. 
I lived in a state of perfectionism, but it didn't matter to him what I did. It was nearly five years of episodes such as this. I had to shatter the glass house to let others know that this is so common. Relationships like this are not healthy. One day crazy, the other day normal. It was like dealing with a split narcissist personality type. I'm thankful to God for his saving grace throughout all of those years. And a scripture reference from that is Isaiah 43:19. See, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Fighting back. God said he would do a new thing, but the months after leaving, no one could prepare me for. It was like being in the trenches, fighting my way out. A quick recap from the chapter, looking death in the eye. For some reason, I knew leaving would be dangerous. It wasn't until afterwards I realized that when a victim leaves an abuser, it is the most dangerous time of their life. The night when he violently slammed my head against the bathroom mirror, then to forcibly have his hands around my neck really did it for me. That was my moment of realization that I couldn't change him and I had to save us. Our kids didn't deserve to grow up in that kind of environment. When he told me, I'm sorry, it wouldn't happen again, he was right, it wouldn't and it didn't. I left and packed everything I could possibly think of. I pretended to oversleep because I knew he had to be at work before I did. I knew God was giving me some saving grace. I went back to my mother's momentarily. It was hard not to be predictable, but I felt a little less anxious. I decided to take as much money as I could and go to Texas with family for a little bit. It was a couple weeks. I didn't really have a plan, but I had my life. The fog from my mind was removed. I felt free again, but I was angry as hell. I needed an attitude adjustment. I had it in my mind that no one would ever push me over again. It took some time for me to get a handle on that. God always have a way to teach you valuable lessons. Nevertheless, I didn't need to run away. I needed to face my abuser and move on with my life. So the boys and I went back to North Carolina. I decided I, I needed to let him know that it wasn't okay to do what he did. The first order of business was getting an order of protection. It was the first time I actually felt emancipated from the strongholds of this abusive person. They granted me a temporary one which I would have to face him again. My grandfather told me something that was like an aha moment. He told me to write down everything he did to me. And so I did. I found my voice. I remember being so angry and frustrated about him acting like nothing happened. That was my way to have physical evidence. Back in North Carolina, I went to the county where we stayed, tried to file a report about some of the things that he did to me. Remember that attack I was telling you about in the wilderness? It was so brutal that the magistrate told me that it could possibly uh, lead to file charges. I could have a case. All I had to do was go to the sheriff's office 
and I did, only to hit a brick wall. Quote unquote, why did you never report this? Why did you wait so long to file this? Why now? You sound like a bitter woman trying to retaliate on your ex. End quote. That conversation had me livid. I wanted to slap the man in the uniform. Thankfully, my grandfather was in the office with me. We knew it wasn't going anywhere. So I went off, have a nice day. So about a month later, I had to go back to face him. I had time to prepare, even tried to get a lawyer. I ended up defending myself that day. I put on my best two-piece professional suit that I owned. I knew my story would not go unnoticed. When I saw him in that courtroom and he had his own lawyer, that angered me more. I had to depend on government assistance checks to even be able to get some diapers. I had to quickly get back on my feet regardless of the situation. It was hard to grieve, but all the emotions was there when it was my time to speak. My 411 self was a powerhouse that day. I used the smarts that God gave me to say the right things, to make this lawyer and his client look silly. He had a history of abuse. I found that out later in our relationship. I even asked him about it. He and he almost lied under oath. I had to remind him of where he was. I had to remind him that he put his hand on the Bible. I looked over at his lawyer and his lawyer was red as a beat. I walked back to my table and all you could hear in that courtroom was the click of my heels. Then the lawyer called me to the stand, asked me what happened, and I had to relive what happened to me in a tearful testimony. I looked at my abuser square in the eye and told him, I'm not afraid of you anymore. I even have a gun permit and I'm not scared to use it. Of course, the judge had to settle me down because I was emotional. I just wanted to let him know that it wasn't okay. So many strangers was in there in that courtroom and they said I did a wonderful job. Some of them even asked me, was I in law school? Even the clerk was impressed. But when you have all, when all you have is strength, after losing so many years of your life of abuse, it will even surprise yourself. So it brought me to a scripture in Proverbs 31, eight and nine. Speak up, speak up for those who cannot speak up for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of those who are poor and needy. Hey guys, so that ends the My Testimony series of Meaningful Messages. And that's just a little bit about my story. After that, I was in a shelter for 10 months, was able to get out of that, was able to get a job, was able to, you know, move and just build myself back up and my family back up. Not only building up with the physical things, but emotionally, faith-wise, just building my self-esteem back up, knowing my self-worth. 
and going on to you know write the books and it's just a true blessing that I'm able to speak about it some of the things that you know it's not ideal it may not sound good but it is the truth and with our truths and with our testimonies we have power in them we can have our testimonies heard on platforms such as this to help other people and so with my inspirations with my books with all of that that's my digital legacy that I have created with Glow Up Girl, with quote unquote, with Miss Wordsmith, because it was those moments when I realized the power of my own words with my own testimonies and to bring it to the masses, the people that need to hear it and to put some humanity behind some insanity that's going on behind closed doors because someone needs to hear your story even though it may not feel good or sound good it can help evolve into other things it can change the whole course of somebody's life that's going through it now so i love you all thanks for tuning in and you will hear from me soon that's it from meaningful messages with tamika smith have a great rest of your day